Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little boy named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. Thanks for supporting us for the past 100 episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page, where you can find out how you can join us for our monthly patron webinar, where we do a deeper dive discussion about all things perimenopause. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. Today, I have a special guest. Well, they're all special, but this one's extra special because she's a lifelong bestie. I have Jennifer Brown here on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about digital wellness and ways to make sure you're setting yourself up for success when you're online so you're not wasting time, so you're not going down that rabbit hole that then can leave you feeling not so great. Um, So this is going to be the start of the conversation. I'm sure we're going to have to have Jen on again because she is such a wealth of knowledge and this is what she's studying right now. Um, I knew she had to be a guest when I heard she was taking a digital wellness course and we've known each other since we were young kids and we even lived in Seoul, Korea, South Korea for a year way back in 2002. So we know each other really well. Um, Jen is known to embrace adventure and challenge. She's always been an inspiration who pushes the envelope with her thinking, her approach to life, and her projects. Um, Before we dive into the digital wellness topic itself, I want you to learn a little bit more about Jen. So Jen, welcome. Do you want to take it away? I sure do. I'd be happy to let your listeners know a little bit about myself. Um, As my lovely good friend told you, my name is Jen, and I'm currently working towards a Master of Education degree at Ontario Tech University. I've worked widely in marketing as a director, a publicist, an entrepreneur, and I'm really eager to connect what works in marketing with that in education so I can supercharge my ability to create positive change. It's actually what drew me to study at Ontario Tech in the first place. Their slogan, Tech with a Conscience, tells me that they're really good people in the trenches doing really good things. As you are, Jet. Um, and outside of your studying and work life, what do you enjoy doing? Sure. I enjoy anything that puts me in a flow state, like dancing, rowing, a good dancer like this. You know that I have a trillion Irish cousins who inspire me with their quick wits. They've even inspired my digital wellness journey. Oh, how is that, Jen? How have they inspired you? Well, my eldest cousin served as the vice chair of the Mental Health Commission of Canada, and he really got my wheels turning towards healthy online engagement. Another cousin actually involved me in the communications for his interactive mental health practitioners app at Western University. And I have to tell you, when I was working on that project, I just experienced the penny drop in the most profound way, and it led me to create my own digital bomb shelter for myself. And what's your current knowledge of digital wellness, Jen? Lise, I've learned 
that effective digital wellness is all about the selves, right? Awareness, regulation, worth, love. And you've got to back it up with a set of guardrails to really establish and maintain a controlled environment. Definitely bring your critical thinking and problem skills to the party as well. Nice. I like that. And then what do you want to achieve in the digital wellness space? I'm interested in exploring this topic further so I can help mobilize knowledge to make it easier for my fellow users to connect and trade information in a healthy way. I've collaborated with some really smart folks over the years, and they've shown me the benefits of healthy tech engagement. And do you have a specific interest area? I do. In fact, one of my graduate projects will examine digital wellness for one of the most vulnerable youth populations in the city. And I'm really looking forward to shining a light on ways to help them understand the basics with digital wellness, because that's what vulnerable youth need, right? They need a lot of support and um, just bringing up to baseline. So looking forward to digging in there. Um, And I have to say overall that it's my friends, my family, and my colleagues that really drive my research interests. I'm utterly fascinated by what we're doing right now conversing, word production. And my ultimate dream is to develop a tech stack to enhance social and language skills. Right. But we're going to introduce the topic of digital wellness. I think people are starting to hear about it, but we really want to have our listeners understand how we can start to look at our consumption of technology and curate it so that we come out feeling our best and not going down the rabbit hole and feeling drained and stressed out and like we wasted a ton of time. So Jen, um, what are some ways we can set boundaries with social media to boost those feelings of self-love and connection with others? Lise, this is an excellent opening question. I would expect nothing less than you. Um, I think it's so important to acknowledge that social media is often the first pit stop on the daily digital grind. You know, we've got our warm bev in one hand, we've got our phone in the other. And I think to really accurately answer this question, we should take a half step back and think about what is really going to help us feel connected and feel self-love. I know for me, even when I touch my phone, when I pick it up, I think about stepping out in the world, right? I think about going outside um, and that really helps me disrupt like that cozy relationship with my phone and and it it helps me not think, oh, my phone, my world, you know, it's going to be sunshine and lollipops, right? We know that it's not and we should be meeting that moment of of engaging with our phone or another device um, with our eyes peeled, right? We want to be thinking critically about what can occur and then how to react to it. Um, And again, leaning on my marketing background, one undeniable thread is that there can be no shame in the game, right? That is marketing 101. If you shame someone, you're going to turn them off. And so as we roll out this pod, I really want your listeners to understand our aim is to deliver some quick hits, some pragmatic ideas, like in a very optimistic way to build connections. So I would say most things in life, we need a plan, right? Or things fall apart. I can imagine your husband is going to be smiling wide when we hear, when he hears me talking about that, you know? He's a project manager for those that don't know. Yeah, he's going to love that. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should have him on as part of the, the second episodes for sure. <laughs> for sure. 
but I always think, okay, before I press play, if I'm after an experience that's going to brim with self-love and connection, I've got to consider how am I going to meet that need in the time period that I have available, right? Like what is a good choice for myself and what's a go-to? And I have to tell you, like for the last decade, I've started every online sesh by visiting greatday.com. It's just a little ray of sunshine out there. Um, and I identify with um, these positive messages. I know they're written by human. Ralph, who's been doing it for years, you can check out his bio. It's just lo-fi enough so it's not slick. And and I kind of find that endearing. It just helps me feel centered. And, um, you know, it, it gets me in the right frame of mind. And it just... it. It gets me off to a good start, which I find um, is really essential for me, right? I want to be getting off on the wrong foot. I want to feel in control. Another good choice for me is an online journal um, on a service called Substack, where a lot of journalists and artists put their material um, and they build communities there. There's something on Substack called the Isolation Journals, and it's actually a creative community which is the most moving thing for me, Jennifer Brown, on the World Wide Web. It absolutely gets me to think. It reinforces my self-love and my self-worth. And um, there's all kinds of really interesting prompts, like there's uh, poems, there's questions, there's opportunities for self-reflection, there's essays and long-form writing and opportunities to engage with the community. Uh, I just can't get enough of it. And it is um, like a never fail for me. Um, it it always uh, makes me feel extremely connected to myself and gives me ways to connect with others. So far, you're uh, sharing, I like these first two steps of what you go to on your online experience. And I love the analogy of like picturing it like you're stepping outside off the curb, right? Like you don't know what's going to be coming. You've got to pay attention and that you're curating your time online instead of passively scrolling, checking email, letting things come to you and just let it take you where it wants you to go. So this is so valuable, Jen. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Other good choices for me are DMing or texting a loved one, um, firing something into the group chat, watching cooking reels, um, because I love a good reel, uh, but at least I'm learning something, right? And I'm connecting it back into my life. Um, Fashion videos, I'm going to share with you the ultimate how to wear a scarf video that I've been watching for the last decade. (laughs) Can't wait to see it. (laughs) Yeah, I love a good cat meme. Okay. Um, I love looking at past photos on my phone or in my email accounts or even like looking up hashtags on social media sites for places that I've been. And I know you mentioned off the top uh, that we taught together in Korea. And I have to say, whenever I look up Heiwadong, I'm just like hit with like just a swell of emotion and amazing memories. And, you know, at a time when we were just like exploring and, and soaking up the world. So that um, th- are, those are things that um, always bring me to a happy place. And I just keep them in my back pocket. Uh, so I, I, I know what I'm doing, right? Like I have a plan. So I, I'm not letting the social media happen to me, right? I'm not sitting on the sidelines. I'm actively in the game and I'm actively taking control, which really helped me to establish um, a practice and a routine that I can continue engaging with. Amazing. Yeah. 
I have to check out that hashtag thing. I haven't done that. And then you can see images of a place you've been or an experience. So I'm going to try to search by some hashtags that'll bring up some happy memories. Great. And share them, right? That, that It's such good content, again, to borrow a marketing term. But it is like I, I have such a great time um, then following up with somebody when I find something really great and um, building on it. Right. It uh, it just keeps the words coming in and out and um, the, the good vibes flowing. Uh, I do think the linchpin to all of this is just to be aware of how you're feeling when you're going in and how you're expressing yourself, right? Like, if we feel angry, should we feed that anger with like a hate read or mainlining some provocative content that's just going to rile us up even further? Like, what is the point of doing so? What's the upside of feeding that anger, right? Especially when we know our critical thinking skills go down when our emotions go up. Like, maybe we could consider another outlet for that anger, right? Like, Watching a somatic video to release it is something that I didn't think I was going to want to do until I tried it and felt such a sense of relief. And so in those videos, you know, you're you're physically uh, doing something and you're you're acting out that anger to release it. So that could be like taking a dish towel and twisting it up or like ripping up your scrap paper, which is my personal favorite. Um, another one um, that I want to shout out, our mutual friend Aaron taught me was Reiki. I promise you, like the way that, that those chimes kick in um, on the that fixed interval is kind of like a pace car for my nervous system. And it always calms me down. I love those. Yeah, I tried the somatic exercise, the anger releasing one with the wringing the towel. And I got Stuart to try it when he was frustrated about something that didn't go his way. And I asked, he really got into it. And I asked him how he felt after. He said, I feel so much better. And he had such a good sleep that night. And so, you know, there's something to having intention with movement and releasing some emotions. And there's different ones for different um, types of emotions. But I'll have to check out the Reiki music with the the chimes as well. Some great recommendations, Jen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can really identify um, with that insight you just shared, because often when we're angry, we don't like to admit it, but we're angry at ourselves as well as the other party, right? Like often you're angry Mm. about something that you did and it's very like deep, at least within me. And so I find these active releases extremely valuable um, to, to moving me out of that state. We'll share those for sure. Thanks, Jed. And then I will say, you know, if you feel like this is not your cup of tea, right, just try these things. What about observing the golden 24 hour rule okay if you get like a hot button message uh so we can just survive that surge and then cool down get on the other side of that surge so we can respond in a rational way that's so important right a lot of times we just react and i have in my email though luckily i don't get many emails that i respond um like rashly to or too quickly but you can do a scheduled send for 24 hours later whenever you know you want to send it so you could always Type up the message, maybe just save it as a draft or schedule the send, but remember to cancel it if your emotions and your tone has changed. So uh, a great reminder there. Love that. Yeah. And then Jenna, there's some digital tools and apps we can use that will optimize our like well-being in terms of our mental, physical, and emotional health. There are. 
Let's start with the basic tools. And um, as I mentioned off the top, you know, I benefited so much from the amazing people in my life. And I want to give a shout out to Bianca, who has taught me that within my phone, there are built-in tools that will help me um, build those guardrails, right? You can, if you're an Android user like myself, you just go to settings and then you scroll down and there's actually a digital wellness section. Um, and when you open it up, you can set your timers for um, all of your social apps, um, any app really, um, to just help you um, gain a leg up, right? We're always wanting to make things easier. And so I know myself well enough that if I put 30 minutes on Instagram, that's great. That's going to help me stay aware and alert. Um, and I'm going to be very efficient with my time because look, like I see Scandinavian design Instagram, you know, just that twilight blue, I immediately want to hop on that train and ride it forever, right? But if I know I've got these time limits, it just helps me keep things moving, which is so important, right? We don't want to be in that like zombie state. So I'm very quickly, um, you know, checking out the things I want to check out. And I've curated an instant sorry, an influencer list of four people, right? That gets the job done for me. It gives me just enough, but I don't have to suffer um, through that information overload, right? That's out there. So it just kind of acts as a North Star for me um, and gives me just enough of a hit so that I can um, go back in to my daily life. And as well with setting limits in our phones, we can also, you know, tamp down on like the dings, the pings, the notifications, uh, anything that's going to interrupt like our our deeper moments and our deeper life work. And I know you're a fan of this technique, Lise, and you've got an Apple phone. So why don't you share for <laughs> most listeners, yeah. I think most of the world are on <laughs> iPhones, you know, how they can uh, benefit from this tool as well. Oh, for sure. I just looked into this before we started chatting, Jen, and it looks like you go to the settings um, and then you go to screen time and then you can set the different app limits. It looks like there's not many options when you go to app limits, you you click add limit and then there's different categories. So you'll go to like the entertainment category for YouTube, the social category for Instagram. So as you hit each of those, then it'll expand further and give you all the apps that you have on your phone. So I love that, Jen. I did not know that existed. Maybe I'm part of the, the few that don't, but that's such a useful tool to set those time limits. Mm -hmm. And there's also other helpful information in the phone. Like it does greatly assist me if I just have a boo at my browser history, right? Or my screen time, uh, Anything I can do to just arm myself with more knowledge so then I can react to it again. We can't feel shame. We can't um, put judgment into this situation, right? Because we are on this journey for life. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't be able to pull off like moving into a cave and turning my technology off. <laughs> so, you know, again, like no shame in the game, right? And I feel like the listeners, they've they found us digitally. And I know your audience of perimenopausal mamas are creatures of data, right? They love looking at the numbers and taking decisive action. And I think this could be something that they could consider as well, just another tool for their tool belt, um, you know, to use the the numbers at your fingertips to really help you make better choices. 
Definitely. Yeah. It's so useful to know where you're at. Yeah. Not shame yourself and then move towards where you want to be. Even if it's one small step at a time, you know, that's what's going to get you there. It doesn't have to be extreme and, you know, total blackout period for days on end. So these are such good tangible tools um, to use. And um, yeah, we can use obviously different apps for our health as well, for meditations, for health trackers, but that would be a whole other um, conversation. But now that Stuart's seven, like we don't obviously have him on social media. He doesn't have a phone. He does play some computer games and sometimes watches some YouTube kids videos, although we're trying to clamp down on that because there's so much advertising in those and it's usually just about selling something. But like looking at our kids, how can we ensure they use social media when it comes that age for Stuart? Some of our listeners, I'm sure, have kids who are using social media already. And how can we ensure that they use the online streaming programs to enhance their own feelings of self-love, connection, and wellness instead of like want and, you know, there's a lot of like envy and, you know, their goals and their values can get skewed and it can get confusing about what's important in life. So how can we ensure that they're using those in a safe way, an effective way? By being proactive and leveraging the resources that are out there to guide you together right? You've got to involve your child into it because um, I've never felt prohibition worked. If if the listener wants to ping us and let us know differently, but it, it absolutely did not work for me, right? If I was told I couldn't have something, you know, guess what was number one on my list? Um, but the good news is there's so many awesome tools that have been put out there to help you create those conversations with your kids. And I feel the Boston Children's Hospital has put out such a crackerjack tool. Um, it's called the Digital Wellness Guide that really hits all the marks. It's broken down by age category, and the information is so well organized and digestible yet detailed that it covers everything um, that you just mentioned and more, right? It's going to talk about how to monitor their attention span in front of the content and also the different types of content and how they react to it. Um, it's going to uh, help you to address things like cyberbullying, which are large unsettled issues. And it's also going to help you support the development of digital management tools. This is a huge topic. And so that's why I really think we should lean on, um, you know, the research and the expertise that's out there to really guide us on our way. Um, other great places to check out um, the Canadian Mental Health Commission. As I mentioned, I was introduced it to my by my cousin and they're doing incredible work. Um, KMH is also another good resource. Um, and I think I would just finish by saying um, those tools out there and uh, those organizations, they really drive home the point that if you identify a problem with your child's use or even your usage, reach out for support from a licensed healthcare professional. There are treatment plans that can help, and so you don't need to suffer alone. For sure. Yeah, I think this is going to become a huge area that we need practitioners in, that we need courses and programs and pre preventative strategies set in place. I don't think we're fully realizing the, the manifestations of how quickly and how much we've moved online, especially since the pandemic's started and how that's impacting our mental health, our physical health, our relationships, our feeling of self 
worth and connection. So um, we'll definitely link to all these valuable resources you shared, Jen. I think we all um, will have some good steps to take to be proactive about curating our experience, not letting it take over and hijack our minds, our bodies and everything else and our time. Um, And I am inspired by you to only have four influencers that you follow. So I'm striving to balance my time online. I think I'm, I'm fairly good at not going down the rabbit hole too often. I kind of get sick of being online. I'd rather be outside or doing something different, but um, I have to, obviously, with my work and there are benefits for me using um, social media, um, but I still need some strategies in place to just curate my experience even more. And this was such a good toolbox to share, Jen. So I really... uh, Appreciate your time and effort for joining us today. Was there anything else you wanted to share before we move to the next part of the podcast? Um, I would say that I fall into the rabbit hole as well, you know, like against my best intentions. Um, and 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 when it happens, I think um the the way I meet the situation is just by um stopping as soon as possible and not thinking, okay, well, I'm going to give up the ship because I've gone down this rabbit hole and I'm just going to spend hours and hours here, right? Like normally um, we're aware of of doing this. And um, the point I would make is that you can always stop. You can always log off, right? Just because you go there one day does not mean you need to live there infinitely, Right. And um, one thing that I enjoy um, that can sometimes take me down a rabbit hole are like sports clips. And um, I take a lot of inspiration um, from, you know, like the fun side of sports and, you know, the drama and the coaches. And, um, you know, I have to say it's the NFL playoffs right now. And there's a lot that's drawing me um, online. And I just say to myself, like, this is okay. You know, if I watch like one too many clips of Mike McConnell, because I can always make a choice, right? I can always get back in line and your brain is never going to say, yep, time's up, right? Your brain is going to say, let's keep this going. Like, let's keep this this hang session going, right? But you can always um, take control of the situation. Right. So uh, we all do it. We we all go down the rabbit hole. um, But let's remember that um, we're ultimately in control and can pull ourselves back. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you, Jen. Um, so now we'll move to the next part of the podcast. So we'll share, I'll share my super mom moment. You can share your super aunt moment to start. So I can go first, Jen, if you need uh, time to think about it. But my super mom moment was, well, not that I got sick, but we all got a case of the mild flu in our own way. Stuart was more of just an ear infection. So maybe it wasn't the flu for him, but Pete and I got hit with a mild flu and we were supposed to host Christmas, Christmas Day dinner. Um, And we were getting everything ready, spreading it out, trying to be on top of things. But I just knew my energy was not going to be there to fully host it the way we normally would. So I threw out the idea of having the dinner catered so that, you know, we all would do it as a potluck, but we'd bake, you know, the majority of the food and people would bring sides and dessert. But we asked if everybody wanted to have it catered because we could do it in that capacity. 
Um, but then my sister was like, well, you know what? We're okay to host it. We want to, you know, cook everything from scratch. If you guys bring, you know, some appetizers like that are pre-made, that'll work. So it worked out in the end. We had a great meal. It was way less stress. And I was able to get my energy back for the holidays. And then I had to work a couple of days to make up for it. So, you know, it was a, a tough call, but I just knew I wouldn't recover as well as I could. And I was just a little too exhausted. So that's my super mom moment. And uh, Jen, what's your super aunt moment? How old is your niece now? <laughs> she's 22. No, she's 14. Um, at the uh, beginning of March. And um, I just want to comment, that's the best of both worlds. What a great solution for a holiday. I'm going to have to uh, <laughs> think about that going forward. Maybe I need to step up and um, cook the next turkey. Um, for me, my, um, was this, sorry, my mess up or my magical? Oh, sorry, you're, we'll start with your super aunt moment. Yeah. Okay. Let's we'll start with the pro, the pro, right? The positive. Love that. Um, okay. Badminton. My niece and I have established a thing, right? You know, when something becomes your thing, um, we only play with each other. Um, we're always conversing. We're always laughing. We're not taking it too seriously. Um, we were playing up until the snow that hit the ground. Um, and I love that she's learning um, how satisfying it is to hit a ball and just whack it, right? Kind of a callback to our earlier conversation about healthy expressions of anger just feels so good just picture someone's face on that ball that you're upset with in the moment and then you feel all better <laughs> you got it <laughs> i love that thank you and then we'll share our mess up so my my mess up well it started off with the intention of being a super bum moment it kind of turned into a mess up but then it did end up being not a bad thing. So I I was doing a workout in the basement the other morning, I guess it was yesterday morning, and I saw the Instant Pot Bible cookbook that's been there for way too long. You know, I kind of get these new tools and gadgets and I use them for a bit and then they kind of go by the wayside. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting sick of what we're usually having for dinner and I want to make something different. So I pulled it out. I looked at it while I was having my morning tea and I picked out a shepherd's pie recipe for the Instant Pot. So I went for a little walk picked up the ingredients we didn't have. I cut the beef with some chopped mushrooms just to get some extra nutritional bang for our buck. And I prepared it all and Pete helped me and I told him kind of how much liquid to put in, although I wasn't measuring the other ingredients like the peas and the meat and onions and garlic, etc. and potatoes. So we put it on. It smelled really good. We opened it up and it was like a soup. <laughs> It wasn't like a runny soup, but it was kind of like a thick soup stew with the potatoes kind of on top. They probably didn't cook the way they were supposed to, but at least they were soft. But we tasted it and it actually tastes really good. Um, but next time we know, I should probably start measuring some of the ingredients and not just say I doubled everything and then ask Pete to double the broth about. Uh, so you live and you learn, but it, it worked out in the end. So that was my bit of a mess up that turned into not so bad. Um, but Jen, I know you're an awesome aunt, but did you, uh, can you think of a mess up that you had? Sure. <laughs> it's not hard. Um, <laughs> gave my aunt um, 
money, right? Some spending money to take on a special trip to Quebec um, because she was uh, celebrating an important graduation milestone. So I'm picturing that she's going to be taking this money. You know, she's going to buy like maybe some cheeses, maybe some soaps, maybe a cute little uh, something for herself at a boutique, right? That she's really going to soak up like the French culture and come home, you know, with a memento from the trip that means something and will always remind her of that time. And I have to say, I was crushed when she came home with like the black Lululemon pants, right? Like, I you just... can only get those in Quebec, though, Jen. Come on, this is like this is a special treat. Oh man, I just want to do over. I just wish I knew she wanted those pants because she could have had mine, and maybe I would have given her like a gift certificate, you know, to Simon's or some sort of special store in Quebec. Um, you know, that would have maybe helped her along experience, you know, the amazing fashion over there. But um, oh, we live in a, we live in learn. I hope Lululemon pants aren't $200 now, but they're probably close to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we live and learn. <laughs> we live and learn. Yeah. And I am I'm always a fan of like the Costco dupe. Maybe some of your listeners are are as well. But I understand at that age, you know, you're not interested in dupes, right? Oh, yeah. So like I, ones that look like it, but that aren't actually Lululemon pants. Is that what you're saying? Yep. You know. I love Simon's, by it. the way. Yeah. yeah, Simon's is a great store. I love going there when we go to the go to Quebec, which isn't very often. But you're still doing a great job. You were very generous with her. <laughs> we live and learn. Um, and then we'll share our must have. Um, so for me, I signed up. Oh, I think I shared this one the last time. Why don't you go first, Jen? I have to think of a new one. Do you um, have an aunt must have? Yeah. Um, my aunt must have is just making the time, like carving it out to go and watch my niece skate. It's such a joy. I don't know if that qualifies as a must have in the Yes, it sense. can be an experience for sure. Definitely. Okay. But just the experience of going, um, and if I can't go, someone's already filmed a video, right? And just making that time to watch her skate and really um, rooting her on and understanding, you know, it's more than just the skating, right? Like she's learning how to fall and get back up. And that's such a powerful life skill. So just um, I couldn't imagine, you know, not being involved. Um, and it's really fun for our family. You know, it's just to see her really take to the sport and, um, you know, push herself. So that is definitely um, something that I highly recommend for the ants out there is to really get involved um, in what your nieces and nephews are doing and, and try to go to the events as much as you can because they they mean as much to you as they do to the parents. Mm, yeah, so important. Those experiences are priceless. Um, I love that. And then my um, mama must have would be using what you have. And then every time I go out for a walk now, so like I reuse the Instant Pot and like pulling out old cookbooks and looking up things I hadn't made before. Um, but also when I go for a walk, looking in the boxes where people are putting out old stuff because that they don't want. Today I found, it made me think of you, Jen, because I know you like jewelry. Um, but I found this like metal stand where it looks like a tree and it has all these branches so you can hang up your earrings and you can hang up your necklaces right now mine are all kind of like clumped together and getting 
twisted up where I have to untangle them every time I want to put one on and just like this old jewelry box that I have. So my mama must have is looking around and using what you haven't used in a while and seeing if you can be creative with it and then looking at what other people are getting rid of that you could really use to help declutter or make your life a little bit better. Um, But thanks, Jen, so much for sharing today. We'll have to have you on um, for part two down the road and we'll post all of the resources you shared on our website. Um, And now I'll share what we have happening. Dr. Tony has a course so you can learn more about using self-hypnosis to support your health and hormones in 2024. Use the code MAMA2024 for a special deal. We'll put the link in the show notes so you can register for that. And I have my free webinar on Tuesday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Make 2024 Your Best Year Yet. This is the time where resolutions start to fail for a lot of people. I think January 17th is like, I don't know, resolution quitters day. It's called something like that. But this is all about making healthy habits and lifestyle changes stick using the principles from Gretchen Rubin's The Four Tendencies and James Clear's book, A Atomic Habits. So the registration link will be in the show notes. It's also on my Instagram account and share that with a friend and loved one as well. So thank you everybody for listening today. You can email us or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love you to subscribe, leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page. Please tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. So stay safe and healthy, everyone. And thanks again, Jen. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Such a pleasure.